0: Binge Boys, Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Now Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge, boys, binge, boys. binge the fuck out of shit. Binge Boys is the program you're currently listening to. I'm Hal Rudnick. Lon Harris, across from me on the Zoom, we're going to talk all things streaming, and who 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 knows what else? Lon, not
1: all things, some things stream. All things streaming would be a very long show. I don't oh, think we have that, that kind of would be. Time. I mean,
0: uh, it would take a lifetime. It would take a lifetime.
1: And a lot of stuff that, frankly, not worth talking about. I'm sure there's a bunch of like Crackle and Roku shows we don't
0: need to get to this. You understand? You know, we only need to spend a quibby on quibby. And also, we only need to spend a quibby on CNN+. It's over. It's over. Done.
1: Get out Less of here. Less than now, a quibby. As we record this, there are three days left of, of the, the full lifetime of CNN+. This week, in Inside Streaming, you know, I do that newsletter. We have a calendar. And I was like, should I even put things that are new releases on CNN+, like sign up for the next three days and watch this show, and then it's gone forever. Like,
0: Oh, man. Almost seems like you needn't have bothered. I mean, uh, what if I want to catch that last episode of At Home with Anderson Cooper? Yeah,
1: that's, you got to sign up today, you'll have it, it'll last through Saturday, and then it's over.
0: Isn't there a a men's grooming show starring Wolf Blitzer? I'm sure there is, Taming the Wolf,
1: you know. Taming the Wolf. Yeah.
0: Yeah, where uh, Wolf manscapes. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's the programming they should have, they should have.
1: Mansplaining manscaping. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I <laughs> mean, with, I'd listen to that Blitzer.
0: guy. I'd listen to that guy uh, mansplain anything.
1: Wolf Blitzer, worth noting. Yes. Exists in both the James Bond and the Mission Impossible uh, fictional worlds. He he is oh. the news broadcaster. James Bond sees him when he's in that bar uh, drinking the scorpions. And then he memorably is in the opening of, uh, I believe it's Fallout, where he held, you know, they're wearing the Wolf Blitzer Mask to uh, pull the wool over the eyes of the source. And you're oh, looking at me like you yeah. haven't seen that movie. No, no, no. I swear I'm it's in there. It.
0: Yes, yes. So Ethan Hunt and James Bond conceivably could have come face to face. See, I
1: feel well, like- we have two options. Either Ethan Hunt and James Bond coexist in the same universe, so we could have a Bond Mission Impossible crossover, which I, for one, why not do it? I would like to see. Or yes. it's a multiverse situation. And Wolf Blitzer is just always on CNN in every version of the multiverse.
0: Oh, perhaps maybe it's
1: inconceivable that there could be a universe where a CNN exists and you don't hire Wolf Blitzer to
0: be on it. Wolf Blitzer is the one constant. Wolf Blitzer is like the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, but in the the one true Blitzer, yeah. There's only
1: one Wolf Blitzer, and he's on CNN Plus for three days.
0: You know what, Lon? We've had. Plenty of fun talking about the Blitzer multiverse, but we've yeah. got news to get to. The news with Juan.
1: Gotta wonder if the family name is Blitzer. Oh,
0: okay, let's stick around on this. Sure. Do you
1: go do you go, well we gotta give the kids interesting names because Blitzer. You can't it can't be like you know, Steve Blitzer. You gotta you gotta come out strong if you're ending with Blitzer. And that's yeah. why you go You go with a wolf, you know? Yep,
0: yep. I mean— See, have um, brother's you,
1: like wolf, like Dash Blitzer, like Zap Blitzer.
0: Blitzer is so close to Blitzen. Like, maybe give him some of those reindeer names. On uh, Donner, on Cupid, on—
1: <laughs> Rudolph, uh, Rudolph, Rudolph Blitzer. Rudolph
0: Blitzer, yes. That's strong. Yes.
1: That's a strong name. That's a Nazi. That I have to say, that's a high rank I right, like, oh, the head of the Lufenstraffel plots? Yes, that was Rudolf Blitzer. He was a terrible Blitzer. man. Rudolf yeah. Blitzer, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, no,
0: Rudolf Blitzer was uh sentenced to death at Nuremberg.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. All right. Let's let's All let's right. see. Enough the enough with the Blitzers. Fascinating Hollywood Reporter piece. This We're recording this on Wednesday. That's when this piece went up. It's about this internal conflict at Netflix that was going on in like 2019, 2020, that we in the
0: public did not even know about. Not privy to. I wasn't in those rooms.
1: Right. But now, well, it's always an interesting thing with these pieces because the way that this piece is written, it's really setting up. There, there there, was a lady named Cindy Holland. She was the VP of content for Netflix. She was the producer development executive behind a lot of the early Netflix hits, a lot of the, the shows we would today associate with Netflix's rise to prominence.
0: Lilyhammer. You know,
1: the Lilyhammer. No, but like Stranger Things, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, most recently The Queen's Gambit. Those were all her projects. Now... There was another woman, there was a higher in, uh, Bella Bajaria. She was running international content at this time. That sounds
0: like a James Bond uh, name.
1: Bella Bajaria, more like a Bond girl. Bella yeah, Bond Be- girl. Be-
0: yeah. That's what I meant.
1: Not like, not like a villain, more like, yeah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. Anyway, mm-hmm. she came in internationally, now uh, Lupin. Squid Game. Those were some of the projects she shepherded in. She mm-hmm. also brought in you, which is a project that uh, Cindy Holland and in. her team. She didn't bring me in. Cindy Holland and her team had passed on <laughs> you, and that's when it ended up going to Lifetime. But then, when it ended up coming back to Netflix, that was uh, Bella Bajara and her team. So what they're setting up is Ted Sarandos kind of had these two groups that he was sort of deciding between, and they were coming at it from very different perspectives. You had Sidney Holland's team that was very much like old Hollywood, you know, making relationships with creators. We got to build these strong franchises. We got to be picky and choosy about our projects. And then you had this other team that was like, let's throw all the pasta at the wall and see what sticks, you know, was just like cranking out tons of stuff. And it was these two very different philosophies. Ted Sarandos ended up firing Cindy Holland, uh, promoting Bella Bajaria. She's still there to this day. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of the Netflix employees who are speaking to The Hollywood Reporter feel like this was the moment when things started to go wrong for Netflix, when things became more unmoored, more chaotic. They started dumping all this money on all these different kinds of projects and nothing was really hitting, and that if they were under the more sure hand. But that's what I'm saying about these stories is, Maybe Cindy Holland and her people placed this story and the reporter spoke with people who are friendly to her. Like, it's hard. It's hard
0: to know. It's still hard. You never know. You never know if she's greasing the wheels.
1: Uh, You know, right? like you read something and it's so one-sided like this, where by the time you get to the end of the piece, you're like, wow, this is really making the case that losing Cindy Holland was a huge blow to Netflix. And like, I'm sure if you wrote the same piece from Ted Sarandos' perspective,
0: it would play very differently. Yeah, paid for by friends of Cindy Holland.
1: Right, well, you never know. I mean, maybe this is the reality of it, but but it's hard to know. But it's still a fascinating insight into this power struggle behind the scenes. Did they pick the wrong horse? Did they come to a fork in the road? It's also a cultural thing. I mean, Cindy Holland is coming in from this very, like, old Hollywood sort of perspective. And sure. so she's whispering in Ted Holland, Sarandos' ear, we shouldn't upset the studios by doing that. We shouldn't poach all their talent. We should uh, respect theatrical windows and put our movies in theaters. And then you've got this other team that's like, ah, forget convention. We're a tech company. We're disruptors. And, like, you know, did, did these decisions end up making a crucial difference? Who can say?
0: Who's to say, Lon, but uh, we're here, it's 2022, it's uh, the end of April, and Netflix is hemorrhaging subscribers. Well, hemorrhaging, I wouldn't hemorrhaging. say Hemorrhaging. I wouldn't they go that need far. Tw- They need 12 cc's of subscribers, stat, <laughs> Lon. Yeah. They are flatlining. They, they could Netflix use a few more. Netflix is crashing, get the paddles!
1: They could use a few more severance severances. You Although it's what? interesting, I, it's interesting I, how we talk I, about that because we don't know what the viewership numbers are for that. It's all just like the heat, you know, like we're all kind of guessing at how well all these shows are doing.
0: So I've got who, who, the unpopular fix. I've got the unpopular fix. Netflix half off in Russia.
1: Well, they're but it's not in Russia at all right now because they they don't we're upset with the Russians.
0: I know. I know. People. So your suggestion is he-
1: nonsensical.
0: No, no. Half off for people who are not eligible for the service. What are I'm you talking telling about? you, Netflix. Plug it back in in Russia. Oh, give it to okay. Them half support,
1: off. Support. So, so support the the Putin regime. Is Didn't your your say pitch? did say that. Didn't your pitch is that. America should make friends with Vladimir Putin. Listen. Put Put our differences aside.
0: Now, I'm not saying America. I'm saying Listen, Netflix I'm saying... makes friends with the Russian people. And are you're, oh, you are, are Ukrainian you listenership are, right you now? You are. You are. You've got your finger on the pulse. Okay, it's a, this is a tricky, slippery slope. It's a minefield that Ted Sarandos and Bella uh, Majora is gonna have to navigate. Bajaria. Vajaria. Bella Vajaria is is going to have to tiptoe through the tulips of that minefield very carefully
1: but if our our three Ukrainian subscribers right now are are
0: absolutely furious with you i just i can't i am in is... no way i am in no way endorsing the Russia, the Russian aggression on Ukraine. If you
1: if you take one thing away from today's podcast, folks, I think it should be that Hal Rudnick personally endorses the Russian aggression. No, in, in fact, and I, I think it's a real I think it's an
0: outrage. Nope, I stopped eating caviar. I used, you know me. I used, <laughs> yeah. I used to eat a bowl of caviar daily. Hal, Hal,
1: you could often, whenever I'm looking for Hal and can't find him, if he's not with his wife, because obviously noted wife guy, that's my first stop. Oh yeah. I will then go, you know those those martini bars where they have the frozen room in the back where you sit on a block of ice mm-hmm. and you you sip your fine imported vodka and you eat uh caviar with a tiny spoon but it's a large bowl.
0: Mhm.
1: That's where you'll that's where you'll usually find how ready. He'll be wearing a fur and one of those Uh, 360 fur hats that Mm -hmm. the Russian men enjoy, and he'll be eating his caviar. I've put all that on hold for the time being. Yeah, wow. That's my sacrifice. A yellow jaundiced complexion from all of these fish eggs. People are begging him to stop. You need... Something else besides just salty fish eggs they in your diet. They are salty and delicious. But he won't do it. Just saltines and fish eggs. That's, That's
0: it. That's it. Oh, just fish eggs on a saltine. Give it to me. <laughs> Wash it down with some just pure Russian potato vodka. I'm,
1: I'm going to I'm gonna pause here uh, for a story. A brief
0: story. I oh, once, it's story uh, time with Lon. This is usually behind the paywall. <laughs>
1: Do you remember when that 3D Nutcracker movie came out that's critically
0: panned? I've tried very to poorly forget done. it. Thanks for bringing it, was it back. Called,
1: it was during the height of the, when every movie was in 3D. Every
0: movie was in the 3D. The big 3D craze. Was it was dirty, the, there was a dirty trough of 3D glass. Yeah, I believe <laughs> Nathan Lane,
1: I believe Nathan Lane is the grandfather in this Uh it was very poorly done and weird. The director of that movie was a guy named Andrei Konchalovsky, a, a Russian filmmaker. He made Tango and Cash most notably. Oh, That's sure. his real claim to fame. So, they did the interviews. We did a junket where it was just a Q&A with just him, the director of the Nutcracker 3D movie, oh, what this a website hired. So, and it's it's at Nick's Martini Bar in Beverly Hills, which is uh, it's a very fancy high-end vodka bar and the junket was like four journalists and Konchalovsky in one of these rooms exactly what I was describing where it's like a cold room you're in you're in a freezer they give you a fur coat to wear Whoa. and they and they give you there's a big bowl of caviar and they give you like a flight like here's five vodkas and as you're doing the interview they're talking you through like this next vodka you're you're going to try is from this region it's made from these potatoes whatever you know they 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 talk up the vodka oh sure but you're so it's already a painful junket cuz who has anything to say about this fucking stupid 3D nutcracker movie the, the director Not arrested the director doesn't really give a shit. He, he got the job because he's Russian. It's a Russian thing. Tchaikovsky. They yeah. wanted to bring a Russian guy in. It's a work for hire. We it's all know it. It's a paycheck job. It's a paycheck for him. It's a paycheck for us. But now we're all freezing our asses up. This, I don't think this was his suggestion. I don't mm-hmm. think he was like, we junk it did junket in freezer. I'd eat caviar. I think this was some dumb publicity person, like low-level PR person's idea. Sure. Uh, So none of us want to be there. And we're all getting drunk. Because, like, you, like, there's no spit buckets. You're giving, I mean, you know, it's not much vodka, but by the time you are done three or four of them. Oh, sure, yeah. Even if it's a little cup, that adds up. So, um, I mean, it was, like, the worst, most painful, most ridiculous ju- Try to, like, even remember your questions for this guy. Your mouth is, like, salty and fishy and cavity You don't want to not have it and be rude. The right. whole thing was just a miserable nightmare. And I, wow. I don't think I've had vodka or caviar since this uh event.
0: lon you know what? I'm uh I'm going to uh break my abstention of caviar. Oh, and, wow. Uh you and I will go to Little Odessa.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, uh you know, a uh, uh, a vibrant hot spot here in Los Angeles. Oh, yes. Everybody's always uh heading over to Little Odessa.
0: You know what? Let's table that. Let's table that. But um, is there a
1: little Odessa? There's not in Los Angeles. No. Uh,
0: you know, here like I, I live close to West Hollywood and there's a, there's like a a concentration of Russian like shop owners and little Russian stores. Okay. I mean,
1: there are there are Russian. I've been to a Russian restaurant in Los Angeles. They exist. Mm-hmm. But I don't I can't I'm I'm trying to think now if there's like a like a specifically Russian district
0: and I don't think there is. There's little Armenia. There's, Listen, I just want to put a button on this.
1: There's Filipino
0: town. I stand with Ukraine, but Netflix. (laughs)
1: Oh, no. Oh, I stand with Ukraine, but holy crap. You know Travis is going to make that the title of this episode.
0: (laughs) Netflix, I think you can really (laughs) feather your nest if you just uh, concentrate on Russia Saudi Arabia, oh my and Somalia. God.
1: Appease war criminals. That's Hal's plan. That's Hal's you know Netflix Untapped plan. Untapped
0: markets, baby. You
1: should work for McKinley with consulting advice like this. This is <laughs> this market leadership right here. Let's move on, Hal. We got a lot to get to. Jesus yes. Christ. 20, 20 minutes of this fucking nonsense. Viola Davis. You know Viola oh, Davis. Oh, uh, Star she's of wonderful. stage and screen. She's Wonderful. wonderful. Oscar winner. She told the BBC this week she found social media comments mocking her performance as Michelle Obama in Showtime's The First Lady incredibly hurtful. She went on to suggest that shut critics up, in general. Shut up. Uh, I love this quote. She suggested that critics in general, and I quote, serve absolutely no purpose well they serve they serve up you may not think it's a useful purpose they serve a purpose
0: as a critic do i not bleed (laughs) i
1: mean they're doing something you may not think it's a good thing but they're doing something it's not that they know no purpose
0: it's that they're not vestigial we know what they do when the critics were lauding her performance in Fences opposite yeah. Denzel. She was um, not, like, I don't think she had a problem with the critics when the yeah. critics were bowing down at, at and and kissing the hem of her garment for how to get away with murder. I don't think. Were she they doing that?
1: that the, were the critics kissing the hem of her garment for I how to get know. away with I'm murder? I don't I don't
0: think they were. I'm just uh, waxing. I'm just waxing melodramatic here. But kind of a pulpy show. That at it's, least. It's Keenan. a pulpy. It, it, show, but it's it's she does a great job. Good. She's a compelling. She is the compelling lead on a one-hour drama. I will tell yeah. you that much, my friend.
1: I think the first lady thing, there, it's a lot of, it's, and she talks about this a bit in the BBC interview that, like, we all know Michelle Obama very well. We all know what she looks like. We all know what she sounds like. She was on our TV every day, eight, nine years. So that, that raises the difficulty level. Whatever you're doing, if you're playing somebody who's already that famous in our minds, it's harder to replace the image we already have. That's why There was that The Comey Rule miniseries that Showtime did a little while ago. Yeah, with Jeff Daniels. And and Brendan Gleeson played Trump in that. And it's like, no, but I don't, Brendan Gleeson's an incredible actor. The Mm -hmm. guy's amazing. But how are you going to replace the image in my brain of Donald Trump that he's ever present? I I know exactly what Donald Trump is like. Okay,
0: but actors have to do this all the time in biopics. And in like these true crime shows,
1: sure, but they're not. That's what I'm saying. They do this all the time, but not for people who are that famous. Like it, it, it's harder when you're playing somebody who's that iconic that we all have that clear. Uh, otherwise, I could sort of, you know, you you could forget. Oh, yeah, like, no. like, I know. I know what Harvey
0: Milk looks like. It's not in... like Rami Malek didn't just win an Academy Award for Freddie Mercury and Christian Bale was Janey. You
1: know, it's... come on. Freddie Mercury's been dead for almost your entire life. You know, you know he's we, not as president in your mind as Michelle Obama.
0: Ad nauseum And there are pictures of him everywhere you You're turn. You're saying
1: you feel like you have as clear uh, an image in your head of Freddie Mercury the man. Not Queen Songs. Freddie Mercury, the person, yeah, and Michelle a
0: Obama. Mustache. A buck tooth guy with a mustache. You're watching you're watching Freddie Mercury every day for eight years? Yeah, I've, no, I've you're got, not. That, I've you got fucking the Mercury liar. on my phone. I've got the Mercury app on my phone, you <laughs> Mercury, son of a gun. The, the Freddie Mercury yeah, app. Yeah, I've got the Mercury app on my phone. You, this yep, is an idiotic yep, yep. argument. Oh, I don't even oh, want you know to have it Come on, stand down, stand down. Stand I, <laughs> down? <laughs> Michelle
1: Davis, Obama, she's like the most famous person in
0: the country for eight years. Listen, all I'm saying is You're comparing that to the front man of a band That hasn't even been together since the 80s Queen is the soundtrack to my daily life
1: (laughs) Only in that you ride the bus
0: Yes (laughs) 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 Another one rides the bus That's Weird Al That's Weird Al Yeah no, I know.
1: It's another one Bites the you, Dust You just conflated
0: the, the parody song with no, the actual I,
1: song, Lon. I didn't conflate it. I did so knowingly.
0: Uh, if you say so, Lon, all I'm saying is Viola Davis knew what she was getting into. She doesn't like what the critics are saying. And now she's turning the back on the community that made her a darling. I love <laughs> Viola Davis. I love Viola Davis. Well, not anymore now that you, you're you not a critic. what do you care? I, you know what? I, I am a critic. Oh,
1: oh, never mind. What do we do? We give our opinions. I don't think of us as like review
0: or not. You were not. I know, like, I know, but I've had. We're not on quotes. here doing had, like, well, I've I give it pull, two I've thumbs down. have had pull, pull quotes on posters. I've had oh, pull quotes oh, on shit. posters. Oh, shit, fuck,
1: folks. Listen, I didn't realize I was talking to uh, the
0: AFI's own Hal Rudnick. Hal pull quote Rudnick. Yeah, wow. Uh, listen, I'm not Rotten Tomatoes certified, but nor do I need to be. But the, the thing is she knew you should be into. first in line for this first lady yes <laughs>
1: G- you, listen you, you live by ever.
0: the sword you die by the sword I think she's full of crap here
1: no i'm i'm ag- I mean I'm agreeing with you listen listen I'm not saying you should say
0: critics serve no purpose we stand viola
1: I okay? mean listen I don't think you should say critics serve no purpose. If, if you get good reviews on everything and then one time people are like and also i mean here's the real thing. It wasn't the critics making fun of her on Twitter for the duck lips. It was regular people. It was just everyday viewers. Like, she looked kind of silly in that screenshot, and people were making fun of it. I, I, even if the critics didn't love this show, I doubt they were savaging Viola Davis.
0: What is a critic, by the way? Is a critic only someone who has a byline in the Washington Post or the Examiner? or oh, it, just dep- it depends on how you're using the term. Or, yeah, or is a critic? Is everyone a critic? Anyone I with mean, an opinion? I the, the word can be used either way. If
1: I, if I get a weird-looking haircut and somebody's like, weird-looking haircut, and I go, everybody's a critic, I'm saying you're a critic and I don't, sure. you're a hater, you know. So you can use it that way. In this context... When she's talking about her performance in a big prestige TV show and she says critics serve no
0: purpose. It sounds like she's talking about professional TV critics, not just people who disagree because discourse for a couple of reasons. A discourse is fun. It gets your blood going. It's fun to participate in. Secondly, let, let me take a moment, Lon, and say thank you, critics. Thank you. Because I don't want to go to the multiplex and waste my money. I want to see that something's got 70% on the tomato meter. So I'm like, you know what? There's a chance that I'm probably going to like this. I don't, what I'm saying is I don't like forming my own opinion. And I appreciate the critics telling me. Thank you, critics.
1: Okay. There you go. First Lady on Showtime now. Also features Michelle Pfeiffer and Gillian Anderson. They're not fighting the critics. And word on the street is
0: Viola Davis is terrible in it. Yeah,
1: it just doesn't. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look
0: great to me. <laughs> uh, but I love Viola Davis. We stand. We stand, Viola. Speaking of not me, I hate Viola. We stand, no, Viola. Who hates Viola
1: Davis? Come on. Uh no, no it's saying. Another angry, purse-fired-up people yelling at one another about TV yes. shows. Winning time, HBO's winning oh, time. Sure, uh, HBO fired back. So of course, Jerry West, uh, the former Lakers coach and general manager, one of the great Hall of Famer,
0: the logo.
1: Right. He he uh, did not like did not like his portrayal by Jason Clark on the show. Feels like it's uh, cruel. Makes him look like a alcoholic rage monster. Yeah. Uh, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also have spoken out about it and said it was not realistic. HBO standing by it. They released a statement. It says, "Look, it's not a documentary, but it's based on extensive factual research and reliable sourcing." Jason Clark, of course, it's based on a it's based on a book by Jeff Perlman, so there's that research. But Jason Clark, who's playing West, also says he based a lot of the performance on West's own memoir, West by West. My Charmed Tormented Life. So uh-huh. who knows? A, a real back and forth on this one. The show has already been renewed for a second season. We'll see if Jerry West goes ahead and actually files a lawsuit. He has not done that yet. He just asked for an apology and retraction that it does not seem like is coming.
0: You know what? I Here's my advice for HBO. Double down. Go hard at really... Impugning the character of Jerry West. Next, you know what?
1: next season, it's just gonna—he's just gonna like start murdering people. Yes, and they'll be like, "This didn't happen in real life. Like, it's a TV show. We can do whatever we want."
0: Jerry West, as like, okay, so the Lakers are going for their dynasty. They're facing the Boston Celtics in the championship. Meanwhile, cut to the B storyline. Jerry West is 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 stalking the San Gabriel Valley, looking for his <laughs> yeah. next kill jerry west with a stocking over he is a and you know what you know what his nickname is he's a serial killer and his nickname is the tall killer because he's tall because he's, he's tall, a basketball though. player Listen, come
1: lot on a lot of, lot of build up for that the tall <laughs> the killer tall. i think it's fine to do something like that i think the season four twist when he's the one who gives magic aids is too far that's what i think is too far
0: Oh, see, I loved that twist. You know, I was and like I, come on, Lon and I have gotten the scripts ahead of. Time. Yeah, we looked ahead. We looked ahead. Uh, before that, Skip I love the, the end. I love the season three arc where Jerry West goes all Louis C.K. and he likes to jack off in front of players and won't let him out of his office. Yeah, it's
1: like this is this is not necessary, HBO. Come on, McKay.
0: Keep, I keep like it, it. I like keep it. it faithful. Triple down. Triple down, HBO
1: moving on we got a season four trailer for the netflix reality series the circle this is the one they all come live in the apartment complex mm-hmm. together but you can't you don't meet face to face you just meet people through the apps and you can mm. catfish them so if i wanted to convince them i was hal Rudnick, i could i could just lie and say you that i was dare. Hal Rudnick. you wouldn't dare oh i would oh, and i could do a great imp- i bet i could nail it and people oh. would be like wow this is so authentic. This I must be talking to the real How Rudnick.
0: Oh, you better not, Lon. You uh, not. So anyway,
1: this season. So we got the season four trailer, and it it does not come out and say this is not finalized, confirmed, but it seems very likely yes. that. We're going to get some Spice Girls in the next season of The Circle. What? The silhouettes of Baby Spice Emma Bunton and Scary Spice Mel B. Very visible. There are some Union Jack flags. There are some taglines about extra spice this season. It seems like a lot of a lot of indications that uh, Netflix plans to spice up your life uh, once season four of The Circle arrives on May 4th.
0: Oh, my goodness. You know, Lon... Pal. If you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends.
1: I'm I'm your friend. So I this would apply to me, I think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Sure. I I have not I have not seen any any benefit from this arrangement so far, but Favorite favorite spice, Maybe spice girl. Maybe one day.
0: Along. Favorite spice
1: girl. Wow, favorite spice girl. I think at the time I definitely found posh spice the the most alluring and the most interesting. Like when the mm. spice girls were ascendant yeah but i think now in retrospect victoria beckham not my favorite now that we've gotten to know them better she was
0: the only holdout on their reunion i believe
1: exactly and i I mean for but not not only just for that reason i think now jerry hallowell's ginger spice would probably be my my choice
0: oh okay yeah i i think i was partial back then to like if i had to pick like oh you could you could date any Spice Girl, like well, well, I mean, what a dream that would be. I mean, who would put that? Who offer
1: wouldn't out want to date a Spice Girl? Folks, oh my come God. on.
0: You know, in all, all honesty, I'd probably go baby. I probably would have said baby Spice. Uh, mm. But no uh, comment. Uh, what? No.
1: No. No. comment. No, no, com- no comment on
0: that. No. Why? W- w- but what? You're you your no comment. No. I'm not comment. On. I'm not. I'm
1: not commenting
0: on that. That was that was a very judgy. No comment.
1: I'm purposefully ju- choosing not to comment on your selection of baby spice oh my goodness i'm just gonna leave i'm just gonna leave it hanging out there and not not speak to it that's that's what
0: i think of it uh sporty spice i felt like got kind of like a raw deal
1: these are your picks baby and sport no I'm, I'm, I, 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 okay whatever whatever
0: you think whatever you. listen think. I, I would definitely put mel b in my top five. five oh all right listen you mentioned ginger. Ginger would absolutely be in my top <laughs> oh, five wow. spice girls. Oh right. wow!
1: I mean, hey, listen. You know, look. Uh, everybody's got their own taste. It's
0: it's very subjective. Have you ever seen the movie Spice World? C- come on! Of course, I've seen the movie. I've never seen it. Really? Yes. Yeah. I had no reason to. I wasn't a spice. Head. I thought
1: the remake uh, under the new title Dune made a little bit more sense, held together a little better. But you do yes. have to see; you should see the original as well.
0: Isn't it weird that spice is is an illicit substance in Dune and Star Wars?
1: No, he George Lucas has has said many times that Dune was a direct influence on Star Wars. So no, okay. it, it, it's he he Arrakis, Tatooine. I think some of these connections are a little bit obvious. Okay.
0: All right. I just, uh, you know, change the name to, uh, you know, to to, to, uh, Hot hot Stuff. Hot what? Instead of calling, instead of lifting the, the same name... Change it to something Oh, similar. you're saying the
1: drug should be called hot stuff. Or what if they called it Tabasco? It's the worst drug name. It's the worst drug name i ever What about Tabasco? But I mean, is Tabasco a thing in the Star Wars universe? Does and that then, have the same cultural meaning there that it does? It doesn't, doesn't have to.
0: It can mean That's whatever. That's named after Earth's Tabasco pepper, so. Sure. sure, I don't know if they have
1: Tabasco peppers on Arrakis
0: and or Tatooine. So Boba Fett is helping those sand people uh, and... Uh, They get uh, the... The The spice must flow, Hal. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Moving on.
1: All right. (laughs) So we've talked, I think, maybe briefly before about this HBO series, The Idol. This comes from the dream team of Euphoria mastermind Sam Levinson, son of Barry Levinson, Mm -hmm. and R&B singer The Weeknd, son of the weekday. Uh, So Ah. The Weeknd... No, I'm kidding. The Weeknd... Sam Levinson, they're working on the show. Uh, Lily Rose Depp is going to star, daughter of Johnny, as yes. an upcoming up-and-coming pop star. She forms a weird relationship with a club owner who is also a freaky cult leader. He's going to be played by The Weekend. Now. Mm-hmm. They were mid-production on this bad boy. It's a six-episode first season. They had shot a bunch of the episodes. Amy Simons, uh, the actress-turned-director, she made the really terrific 2020 film She Dies Tomorrow. I think it's on Hulu. Check that one out. She okay. was going to direct this whole show. She's out. They're, ah. they're basically, they're not going to use anything they've shot so far. They're going to creatively reimagine the project. They're going to recast a few roles. They're saying, we don't know if Lily Rose Depp is going to stick around or not. Oh, my goodness. Um They're going to reshoot a bunch of stuff, and Amy Simet's gone. Uh, it looks like, tentatively, what they're saying now, Sam Levinson is probably going to step in and direct. So this will be from Euphoria creator, Sam Levinson's new new project. Very much up in the air right now as they refigure out what they want to do with the idol.
0: By the way, they were saying, well, if if it continues to be Lily Rose Depp and Sam Levinson, the uh, HBO hasn't seen such a nexus of nepotism since uh Girls, since the series Girls.
1: I mean, they're all kind of I mean, because Euphoria too you got you got an Apatow in there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're all, all the HBO projects who has come with a light dusting of like it, the, the, there's always like at least one famous person's kid in there somewhere, right? Oh
0: sure, oh sure.
1: You need a Destry Spielberg to give your project the the, the, the blessing, their blessing.
0: Oh yeah, get uh you know Brian Williams' daughter in there.
1: Yeah, well she was on she was on Girls, right? Sure, so yeah. Man- Al- Allison Williams. Yeah. Last story, last news story here. Peacock ordered a first season for the half-hour comedy series Bupkis. Uh This has a. Davidson. Bit- Sounds a bit to me like Pete Davidson doing his own take on, like, a Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's going to star as a heightened, fictionalized version of himself. It's, like, sort of loosely based on his real life, but then absurd. There are absurd elements, so weird things will happen to a regular guy. Pete Davidson. Now, there have been some rumors that this may be Pete's last season on SNL. And this could all fit. Like maybe he leaves at the end of this season to go make his new Peacock show. But we just we just don't know yet. No, no final word on on that.
0: I feel like those rumors have been floating around for the past few years. There's always At this the... point,
1: I feel like every year around this time, we start to hear that everybody on SNL is going to leave because Michael Che is the other one. Like, he was at some comedy show like a week or two ago and he was making jokes about how he's going to leave SNL. So everybody was like, oh, maybe Michael Che is going to leave. But, like, he may not even have decided yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Are you, uh, are you hoping Pete makes an appearance on the uh, Kardashian's new Hulu show, Lawn?
1: Uh, I'm sure he does, right? I don't know. I don't. They're, I don't they're keep, saying he hasn't. I don't keep yet. up. I I do think I was reading about that. That at this point they really like. There's no new audience for those shows. Like there's a. If you are a fan of the Kardashian reality show franchise, right? You've been in at this point for like a decade. They're not. They're not bringing new people along. I so, would
0: disagree. I would disagree.
1: I'm not making this up. I was just reading about this. That like there's all this lore now, and so yes. it's impossible. Like you would have to like read a whole bunch about the last decade of all of their lives because they'll just start saying names or referencing events, and you wouldn't know what they were if you weren't a viewer.
0: But the thing where uh, peop- that it seems like w- w- uh, what you're saying discounts is the new generations of co- of. Uh, 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 of Kardashian Jenners, from the 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 Kylie and Kendalls down to the the North Chicago and all the other ki- like it is generations, and with that you have like you've um, older and middle aged uh, uh, men and women who watch. So your 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 theory is that there are babies who are fans of Northwest are into the show now. I think there are teens who probably watch it for a glimpse of Kylie.
1: But Kylie, Kylie Jenner has been famous for a really long time.
0: Yeah, and I'm saying that there are younger people who are aging into it. I
1: think this may be a little bit of your being old and you think of the younger Kardashians as hot young ingenues when they're circling 30 at this point. I think that's the point. The younger range of this show even they have been established celebrities for a while now. I think that's the, the that's the disconnect here because you're right there is also they have children, but those are they're they're children they're not yeah. they're not established celebrities they are the children of established celebrities.
0: but uh, true. True, but I think, uh, you know. So if this they- goes on for a, yet
1: another 10 years, I yes. think then you'll have the Jaden Willow effect because that, like, Jaden and Willow Smith, they really do represent a new generation of fans of the Smith family. Like, mm-hmm. you've got people like us who remember, you know, Big Willie style and the, the Willennium and yes. the Jada from, you know, Poetic Justice or what have sure. you. And then you've got the fans of the Willow songs and the Jaden movies. Oh, we and- stan Willow. Do we? Okay. You, you and Machine <laughs> Gun Kelly. But uh, that, we're, we're like, we're a few years out in terms of the the, the Kardashian Jenners from that yet. Their, their
0: kids are still young. Who do you stand more, Jaden or Willow?
1: Wow. Tough. Tough question. <laughs> Tough question. Because I know Jaden's work better because I've seen him in a lot more films than I've seen Willow Smith projects. Right. But... I, I have to say I I think uh I think Willow Smith's probably the more talented in my opinion. I think I like I like Willow Smith's rock sound. I think it's cool
0: that she can shred like, on a guitar. Yeah,
1: I think there's it's cool there's like a young female celebrity that has really embraced like hard rock as her genre
0: and her uh, aesthetic and like I think that's pretty cool. So I, I'm I'm partial to Willow. I think. Lon, who are you standing? in just in general, who are some of the people you're standing nowadays?
1: <laughs> you doing this again. This is another one of those like, Lon, en- entertain the people for five or ten. I just like things.
0: I just like <gasps> I just how like, stupid uh, the word stand our, sounds. This is our new segment. Is
1: who who are we standing this week? That's our new.
0: You know what our, we're going my, Might be good for the Patreon.
1: Yeah, my answer to this uh, this week and every other week, Mr. Paul Giamatti. How oh, very not, nice. How can you not stand cherub-cheeked Paul Giamatti and oh, everything he a, does? Oh,
0: a great choice. Um, I'll give you mine. You know who I'm standing right now? Who, who is that? On his, on his 200th birthday, President and and Union General Ulysses S. Grant. I stand him. Who
1: stands Grant? You're a, you're a Grant stan? Yes, I'm a Grant
0: stan Oh my God. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. Work on this
1: for our next edition of Who Are We Standing? Right, they oh. have to be
0: alive. I, I, if they're not
1: alive, I'm not interested. Oh, that's respect a man on his
0: birthday on That's my rule for birthday, Who Are We Standing? Stand oh, live Ulysses stands Brand. only. We stand you, Ulysses. S. I can't
1: Brand. ship a dead president. That's ridiculous. Unless it's uh, in my pocket.
0: That's true. Oh, well, hey. you, got a, you got a fitty. You got a fitty in there. Coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about the new HBO Max show. We own this city. The
1: fuck out of shit. Lon. very arrogant. What a time. Ty- we jeez. Uh, who who the fuck do you think you are, John Burdenthal?
0: Yeah. Don't the people own the city? I mean, <laughs> whoa, for whoa, whoa. Crying Oh, crying out loud. This cop with the ridiculous
1: haircut uh, owns the city. Oh yeah. What is, the- is that an is that an authentic? haircut to Baltimore at the year this movie is set or is that
0: just like a fucking choice I mean he's got so John Bernthal's character has the
1: real guy that John Bernthal is playing had that specific haircut or were they just like fuck this dude let's make him look ridiculous
0: I I think I think it's the latter I think it's the latter
1: when I was growing up in Philadelphia we had some family in Maryland and like I've been to Baltimore a few times like as, for my ears I am I was never a Baltimore resident but for my ears those sound like pretty pretty fucking good Baltimore accents I have to say
0: Oh sure.
1: At no point did it land on my ears and I went, oh that doesn't sound quite right It sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah I think I first really started to take note of Baltimore accents from John Waters films. Yes, John Waters films always John Waters. John, John, the always great John heavy, Waters. By heavy the way, Baltimore Sound, yeah. Everybody listening, if you have not watched 1970s John Waters films, Pink Flamingos, <laughs> Female Troubles, do your I mean, what do you what, what shut this podcast off and find <laughs> I, them please.
1: I listen. We we that's definitely who are we standing and he's alive and thriving. Oh, love uh, John Waters. Pleased love to say John Waters. John Waters. I say this as a joke, but if you do take one thing away from today's podcast, go check out Classic John Wars. I don't know. Do you think people today – would young people today even like those movies anymore? They might not understand the spirit that was done I feel like the context is so different now that it would be – because it would – like at the time, mainstream culture was so put off by – any kind of like gay imagery or LGBTQ mm-hmm. themes, any of this stuff. And, and, and it was it was so it was such a, a different, much more sex negative kind of culture more generally, yes. that this stuff was made in and it was a purposeful like spit in your eye kind of like goof on the mainstream by shocking them with this stuff. But I feel like now it might play as like it's making fun of fringe culture instead of celebrating
0: it. Yeah, but Oh man, just divine! Uh, the drag queen that starred in um, many John Waters films was a force of nature. Just yeah. so funny, and it it really like Lon, like uh, you know, more or less crystallized it. It was just like uh, taking family values and right. like, what good you know, uh, the the nuclear family and everything, and, and saying uh, you know, fuck you. Let's like just, it's so punk rock, and it goes for it so yeah. hard. Yeah, it's just, in a,
1: in a weird, in a world that's so different from what it used to be, where, like, the, now the, like, edge lords are homophobes, you know? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't, it's so weird to think how that will even play. I don't, I don't know. And, like, I even, as an example, John Waters himself a few weeks ago gave an interview where he was like, I hate woke culture. And it's like, what? I, when You're you not, no, hey, hang on, What? Like, why, you should, you're you're on the same cancel culture side. Like, it it just, up is down. Don't go full Adam
0: Carolla, John Waters. Yeah, like,
1: John Cleese and John Waters agree on cancel culture? This can't be. I don't, I don't, no one knows what woke means. We should just stop saying it. Perhaps. Like, eight black intellectuals get what woke means, and the rest of us are just fumbling around in the dark
0: so that is we own this city it's on hbo max (laughs) if you're interested anyway
1: let's talk about we own this city
0: first and foremost the thing that stood out to me besides john bernthal's haircut was just playing a a little game of peekaboo with people from the wire popping yeah because obviously (laughs) this is david simon
1: george pelicanos as well the co-creators of the wire
0: yes and uh, The Wire, uh, perhaps the greatest show in TV history, HBO history. It's one of the greats. After and- Dream On.
1: Hey, go Dream On, number one. Okay, no, we forget
0: Arliss. We forgot Arliss. Our our <laughs> Arliss, yeah. Dream On, and then uh, The Wire. But, uh, oh, so it's Jamie Hector, who played Marlo. Delaney Williams, who was one of the desk cops, not one of the main guys, is now the police He's commissioner. He's chief of police. Yeah, the yes. commissioner.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: this is not. The same world that was, you know, I love, I like that, but then it also this is a uh, a dramatization of real, of, right? Of the Wire
1: is a inspired by David Simon's experiences as a crime reporter in Baltimore, but fictionalized, a
0: fictional Baltimore.
1: And this, this is, is real Baltimore. Yeah, this is a real story about a real unit within the Baltimore Police Department, known as the Gun Trace Task Force, and they their commission, their job was get drugs and guns off the streets. But the show is really exploring how that got so tied up in, in a numbers game. Everything became about stats. How many arrests are you making? How many convictions? the Just adding up the numbers that the cops figured out ways to, as long as we make the numbers look good, we can get away with basically anything. Yeah. And, and, and we'll keep getting promoted. And we'll move through the system because our numbers are so good. And, and all the various ways this was exploited for ill gain.
0: Yeah, and uh, there was a ton of police brutality, you know, which isn't unique to Baltimore. Obviously, this country has had a reckoning with that. Uh, but one of, the key stu- one of the key cases and unfortunate, you know, uh, murders or deaths and associated with that was the death of Freddie Gray, which is also central to the story Right, well, the,
1: the, this show is taking place in the, the sort of immediate aftermath. So city officials are attempting to, you know, enact some kind of reform or at least make it look good, and we're like, we're, we're, we're right in the stew. And, I mean, the, the opening sequence is uh, really well done. Rinaldo uh, Marcus Green, who directed King Richard last year, is the director of this. Mm. And the opening sequence is amazing. Bernthal is giving, post-Freddie Gray, giving a lecture about why two cops, like two rookies, about why they shouldn't be brutal to people they're arresting. All the all the textbook reasons why cops need to work with the community. You don't want to get the reputation for being hard on people or being violent or whatever. And But we're intercutting with him giving that speech to... Incidents of police brutality on the street again, like filmed, like not not real footage, but
0: uh, and it's very it's very stark and it's very dramatic and, and and it really speaks to how and it's a tour de force speech by uh, John Bernthal, Bernthal. Like,
1: and and it really does speak to how everybody at this point knows the right things to say and and we've got this whole. If you just listen to the reporting on it and to the, what people say, and, and, and you mentioned the police commissioner, there's a scene with him as well. It's like everybody's saying the right things.
0: Yeah. It just doesn't translate into any actual positive changes. I, you know, I'll, I'll just say this, and this is kind of just a simple take, but if you liked The Wire... You're probably going to enjoy the vibe of this show. But I will say it it's very talky. There's a lot of exposition. Uh, I didn't dislike it, but it was like, I'm not loving it.
1: I mean, I feel like The Wire is more of a cop show.
0: It's mm-hmm. a very...
1: It's a, it's a very, it's a sort of like a, a very gritty, a very realistic, a very lived in and a very like thoughtful cop show, but it still has the rhythms of a cop show. And this is much more of a, give you the real story of what happened with this task force from a whole bunch of different angles and perspectives and i think it is less about that riveting scene to scene drama you know there's no like mcnulty here that we're following like we are following yeah. investigators and detectives and all sorts of people but it's much more of a you know it's it's realism it's here's what it would have been like to investigate this in the slow process of digging in and how you would have figured out what these guys were up to and building a case against them and all of these various interrogations and interviews and and and, you know i so i i get what you're saying at the same time i thought it was extremely compelling and well done and and very you learn a lot i mean it, it is the sort of thing where it's easy to throw your hands up and be like man it's a broken system but this is really like here's exactly how the system is broken and why
0: yeah, that real take about, like, you know, how policing works in, you know, an actual major U.S. city. And uh, you get to watch, you know, quote, unquote, good cops or cops who seem to be on the level. And then there's some bad guy cops, more or less, who, you know, it also echoes what they're talking about happened in the LA police department where are like they are like these gangs or factions of cops. That's
1: really more the sheriff. I think the sheriff's department is really, yeah, really LA we talk about department. The, the LASD gangs, yeah. I'm sure there are gangs in the LAPD too. I don't oh, mean no sure. there. I Aren't, mean the news in Los
0: Angeles right now is very much about the, the Sheriff's Department. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna keep watching. I, I I love David Simon and Oh, good of you. Good of you, Hal.
1: To keep watching.
0: Listen, I'm just telling the folks that You'll I'm. you
1: deign to keep watching.
0: Why, why do you have to beat up critics? Who are you, Violet <laughs>
1: Davis? I'll just I'll tell the royal viewer that you that we are going to uh, we will watch this week's episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: Th- that's it. So, right. uh, you know what? And if you like if you like playing that game of like, oh, that guy was on the wire. Oh, that guy was just a kid when he was on a wire. Now he's grown up. Look at him now. And then you could say, oh, I knew you when. And you can feel good about that. I felt good being like, you know what? That's my friend from the wire. Even though I've never met the man.
1: Also yelling where the fuck is Bubbles at his TV. Oh, I would have loved.
0: Oh, I would have loved. I would have loved a Bubbles uh, cameo. Who knows? Maybe we'll get one later. Maybe he's not. Back.
1: He's still Andre Royo. Is that that actor's name? He's still working.
0: Also, Josh Charles, very much against type. Uh, I- interesting seeing him pop up. And, yes, he's uh, playing like one of
1: the one of the very racist uh, cops.
0: Yeah. So, you know, and it, it's it's compelling stuff. And it's the stuff that uh, this country, you know, we're still in a reckoning Uh in regards to this stuff. So it's it's really some solid content in regards to that as well. We own this city, HBO Max, it's there if you're interested. We also watched Outer Range on Amazon. I just finished the 3rd episode.
1: Yeah, really. They just just finished. Delayed Literally. delayed the start of our podcast
0: to finish your your stories. I texted Lon. I'm like, Oh, come on, I'm eating popcorn and I'm watching outer range. Give me seven more minutes. No time to podcast
1: right now. I've gotta finish my stories. Sorry, Lon. Uh I'm yeah, I, really? stand, I stand I
0: stan Josh Brolin. Oh, fuck me, right? Uh Outer Range. Uh wh- what is this? Uh <laughs> Yellowstone. Hey, what the meets fuck is this? Uh, you just watched it, you
1: told me. I mean to me it's like, what if Yellowstone? But also lost, like yeah. it's just. What if we played the the puzzle box game, but yes. it's a it's a rancher in Wyoming instead of uh you know like a a guy stuck on an island. Uh, and I I it sounds dismissive when you say it like that. I actually thought it was pretty good, but that's very much it is, that's very much like what it is. Like it it really is doing in a it very much like in an homage almost to Yellowstone. It is this like drama about a ranch owner in Wyoming. And he's in this fight over his property line with the guy who owns the neighboring ranch. And it's yep. been in his family for a hundred years. And it really does dig into the business of running the ranch and what's going on with that. And at the same time, there is this supernatural storyline about this big void, this big hole to nowhere that appears on on his in his meadow. In the middle of a field middle of a field and it it looks just like a big bottomless pit but there's uh, it's a, it's obviously some kind of a window or a, a portal wormhole. or uh yeah,
0: uh yeah and uh he a starts glory throwing, hole. is it a glory in an intergalactic yeah.
1: glory hole he starts throwing shit into it which yeah. i don't know if you would necessarily do if you found a puzzling hole like that at, at, at some point, he's going in it. I mean, it, all, all sorts of stuff are happening with this whole... And that's really what's kind of... These two things are going to drive the show. It's We're figuring out what the hell is on this guy's property. Where does this portal go to? What's going on on the other side of that? And at the same time, there's a more grounded, like, he's in this bitter rivalry with the neighboring ranch and that family and they're there you know there's the cops are involved and there's a mystery element there and you know well we'll there's a
0: weird girl who comes and uh camps on their land Imogen Poots oh yes Imogen Poots where do I know her her. from
1: oh she's been in a lot of stuff let me look up where you
0: I was looking at her I'm like what Imogen what where 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 do I
1: what yeah she was she, she was in let's see uh You got your, recently she was in that Black Christmas remake, Vivarium, that indie film Vivarium a few years ago. Uh, Night of Cups, Green Room. She's the girl from Green Room. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, a lot of like indie sort of stuff. Like uh, 28 Weeks Later, uh, what else would you have seen with her? Jane Eyre, maybe, that Fright Night remake. You know, that kind of stuff.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, Green Room is probably the the one that is most fresh in my mind with her. You know what? I... You get a, a little glimpse at what some of the supernatural element is with this hole um, in the second episode. And I yes. got to tell you what, Lon, slightly disappointed. Slightly disappointed. I mean, there's only so many things
1: it could sort of be.
0: I don't think we should give away what it is. I'm not going to give away nothing. I'm not going to give away nothing. I, I mean, want, but if you're like viewer.
1: X-Files, you're, it feels very much like an X-Files or Fringe. Like, it's that kind of a counterpart. It's that kind of a gimmick. It's got it's got that it feels very much it's not a JJ Abrams show, but it sort of could be, right? Like it feels like it's got that yes. energy.
0: Oh yeah, no, you, you nailed it when you said, yeah, it's a mystery box show.
1: It's a it's a mystery box show, but in this like Taylor Sheridan Western, neo Western yes, drama yes. sort of aesthetic.
0: You know, I really like the cast. That's one thing that might keep me going on this show. Tom Pelfrey, who played Laura Linney's brother on Ozark, which I right. thought is one of the, one of the best, him as her uh, bipolar brother, one of the best TV performances. He was, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, he was, he was very good. He was also on Iron Fist. He's of course, Ward Meacham. Yeah. Ward Meacham from Iron Fist.
0: I, I really, I just really like that actor. He stood out to me a, a, a big time on Ozark. And
1: Banshee, he was a memorably on Banshee.
0: Gotcha. Um, and, and Lily Taylor, who, I feel like she just always shows up and, and just, she she brings her lunch pail to work and does good acting jobs. She's a good actor, Lily Taylor. Come on, Lon, you got to give it to Lily Taylor. No, I, I just, I like you were like, and
1: Lily Taylor, listen, she always shows up. It's just she like shows the most up. faint praise, like she's in things and I shout out to her for being in things.
0: I, I really, I was watching TV with my wife you know my wife. Of course, had, as, had, of
1: course, you were. We as, were watching as Julia, does.
0: and James Cromwell uh, plays sure. uh, Julia uh, Julia Child's dad. I'm like, oh, Her wealthy father. Yep, and I and I was like, oh, look at that! They dragged out old James Cromwell for this. <laughs> And I don't know, I just got a kick out of just saying they dragged out old James Cromwell. Oh, Lily Taylor showing her face again. No, yep. she's
1: good. It's a good cast.
0: It's all well done. Josh Brolin is tailor-made for this part. I
1: do feel like on some level, at this point, you could you could feel the the puzzle box coming a mile like like Severance too. I loved Severance, but you you know when you're in the presence of one of these kinds of shows, and it's sort of your thing or not. And and we're already really deep by episode three, you're very deep into the puzzle box territory already. You've got mystery characters who can't really explain why they're there. You've got symbols that that you're finding uh, in random places. Yes. You've got you've got a sci-fi element. You're like, you're we're
0: really all the way we're halfway down the field already after three episodes. Yeah, I'm a little torn. I'm like, do I I want to know, I just want to know the thing. Have that thing get there, tell me. But I'm like, oh, do I want to put in the work watching it? Right. And when you it's... say put in the work watching it, maybe I'm telling myself that I want to disembark from this journey.
1: I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I think a lot of it is going to be based on your patience for puzzle boxes more generally
0: at this There you point. go, outer range, outer range. It's got, and it's, and it's you know, it's it's got rodeo riding. It's got, you know, a lot of just... Rural, all the rural fun they can have. It's got big open ranges, Very, rodeo quite, riding. There's a main rural. street with a general store. That was. A, it was actually
1: filmed in New Mexico. It's set in Wyoming, but I looked it up. That town is in New Mexico. It's set in a fictional county. They say it's Amelia County, Wyoming. It's not a thing. Uh-huh.
0: No place. Not a real place. Outer range, it's on... Amazon, if you are interested. It's a it's a puzzle box. Do you, are you yeah. interested in the puzzle box? Does oh Lost meets Yellowstone <laughs> appeal to you? Give it a watch. You know what? By the second episode, you're going to know if you're... <laughs> six outro Rudnick. I'm always good for six outros. <laughs> Got any more? Is that it? All right. Finally, Lon and I watched... We watched one more thing, uh, which... This was very bizarre. Lon's an like, i this. This is an this.
1: Indonesian, uh, mar- I would say it's a martial arts romantic comedy drama. Are you with me on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that tracks. Okay, uh, okay. Um, and when you, so the the name of the film is Vengeance is Mine, All Others Pay Cash. Vengeance yes. is Mine, All Others Pay Cash. That is a recent Netflix. film. It
1: came out last year. It It, it is done in the style of an 80s Asian action film. Like, it's made very purposefully to resemble an Indonesian or a Filipino or a Vietnamese action film from the
0: 80s. And it does that so well, I was duped. I thought this was made in, like, yeah, 92 or something. The
1: recreation of the island of Java. I mean, obviously, I don't know what the island of Java in the 80s was like but they are very intent on recreating it in this and they do succeed in making it feel like an old movie like i don't i don't know if it's realistic to the 80s in indonesia but i know that it felt like as it definitely felt like the kind of movie that they were paying homage to now the story is it is about this brawler sort of a guy who is well known in the underworld for but not a high level guy a low level guy in the underworld who loves to fight and the first few scenes that's really all we see him doing is just getting into fights. He gets into fights with his friends at the bar. He just he just likes to brawl. Oh yeah, and he's impotent. These are the first two things that we. Oh yes, him.
0: that's a big storyline. Big storyline. This, this he guy cannot... kicks
1: ass and does not get boners. He does not get boners, and uh, he falls in love with this woman via fighting. They both like to fight. Yeah, they they scrap a little bit. They that's how their courtship proceeds by fighting. Get like a quarry. <laughs> There's like this extended fight. Yeah. Uh, this is based on a novel, and the the guy who wrote the no- it's like a it's like a pulpy B movie novel by a guy who's sort of thought of as the Tarantino of Indonesia. And so this is not it's not taking itself seriously like that. It it, it is a crazy off the wall ridiculous movie in a lot of ways, but it it knows what it's doing. It's that we're not making fun of it as much as it is a wild and raucous and ridiculous thing.
0: There are some elements where it was like, oh, you could have explained, I I need to, please tell me in a heavy-handed way who this person is. Oh, well, there's, yes. this woman appears.
1: There is a character that is the spiritual embodiment of some element of their relationship or of fate keeping them apart or of some, something. I think you could read it or in a, a lot of ways. a woman who
0: was killed or, yeah.
1: She's not, like, there. she's not physically there and a
0: real person. But she's though. totally physically there.
1: I mean, they interact with her like she's physically there, but no, she's obviously some sort of a spirit or... Anyway, so there's, these two are in love and then the whole movie is a whole bunch of different things happen to keep, pulling them apart they want to keep coming back together they keep being pulled apart often because of missions of revenge which is an overlapping you know a constant theme not just a clever title uh but so we we follow a lot of different sort of storylines over the years of the as these two lovers are they get married but then they can't really ever be together because they're constantly going to kill somebody being arrested being lost, changing their name, going across the country. I mean, it's a a wild, escalating series of adventures.
0: I've really come to love some Indonesian cinema. I love The Raid. I love The Raid 2. The Night Comes for Us. Like, those are dedicated action films. And, my God, like, The the Raid... Yeah, this this is more of a... Yeah, this is not that.
1: No, this is more of a play on... Classic martial arts films, but with a lot of other stuff going on. There is a yeah. lot of martial arts in the movie, but it's not like it's not like Jet Li's Fearless, where it's just a bunch of different fight scenes. Like,
0: yeah, you know what? I I, I found it very silly. Uh, at times, I was like, "Oh, I'm enjoying this," and at times, I'm like, "Why am I watching this?" Uh, I I found it very consistently entertaining. It's it's wild and and silly
1: and and uh weird very weird and a lot of the appeal i think is just like the ideas in it are so strange and and unexpected that you kind of just get swept up in what's going to happen next like it's a totally unpredictable Scenario. There's one amazing sequence where our our hero is he finds himself in jail and his cellmate is this elderly blind man yes. who just begins kicking his ass. He just starts mm-hmm. beating him up in jail, and it becomes a whole fight scene in this prison cell. Not really very motivated. We really only see that character for like one other scene, and it's it's just it, you know it's it's just now now he's in this fight. Now he's got to learn and train with this guy. And it's going to set him off on some other adventure.
0: Also, um, it's uh, written and directed, co-written and it's directed by a, a, a one-named gentleman named Edwin.
1: Right. And Edwin was, he, he was a guy who sort of made a name on the international stage for some of his uh, breakthrough film, like his earlier films, earlier in the aughts, uh, and has now taken a left turn and is making... Very unconventional sort of fair like this one. That is still, I mean, this played at the Lucarno Film Festival last year. Like people still got into this movie. But his uh, his debut in two thousand eight, Blind Pig Who Wants to Fly, was more like uh, more more artsy.
0: Circling back to my favorite thing about this, if you go into this film realizing it was it was made last year, and watch it and look at it, and by and by professionals, by professionals. It's so well done.
1: Like, not on a camcorder last year. Like, this is this is purposefully made to echo this other era in filmmaking.
0: Like, brilliantly done. We're talking David Fincher, Mank level. Mank made to look like it was from the 40s. This, it's like, it's got such grit and texture to it. It feels like it's old. And that's very cool. The content, it's... Uh, it's a little rambling and weird. Uh, it's not completely unenjoyable. I did not care for it as much as my bearded friend, Lon.
1: Ah, you know, who who, who can say? I also, I was reading a little bit about uh, there is a, in Indonesian cinema, there was a whole subgenre of like, trucking movies and truck
0: movies. Oh, those trucks are weird. (laughs) Action and adventure movies
1: about truckers on the road. And that that also, I think, if you have more context on that, the third act of this movie is very much like a truck-based adventure. And I think it's probably a tip of the cap to this other genre that Hal and I just don't know as well.
0: And the trucks are really, they're fun because each truck has some kind of painting and saying on the back of it that reminds me almost like uh you know a Spitfire or some kind of um right it's a, their a version plane of from World custom- War II.
1: Right. Or even an American truckers, like you could think of ways you'd customize your your yes. rig. You know, it's like that they, they have their own version of, of that. And the the of the, the testicles hanging down from the bottom.
0: Oh truck you nuts. You know you, you gotta nuts. put your
1: truck nuts down
0: there. Yeah. Yes. Uh Oh, there's Truck Nuts in Outer Range, by the way.
1: There are, I remember, yeah.
0: Vengeance is Mine, All Others Pay Cash. It's available on Netflix if you want a weird Indonesian viewing experience.
1: I recommend, listen, Hulu, Netflix, they've got these huge libraries of all these weird international titles. I highly recommend just just jumping around and seeing what you can find. Explore a little, check some things out, read reviews and... Try out things that's that that
0: broaden your horizons, you fucking philistines. That's that's a good tip, and maybe you'll stumble upon an uh, an impotent fighting man, <laughs> like the one in "Vengeance is Mine, All Others Pay Cash." That's all the stuff we watched. Hoot hoot! That's it, folks. Hoot hoot! Owl Nation, uh, where my go hooligans at. Starburns Audio, thanks for having us. Travis Reeves, uh, appreciate you. Thanks for producing us. Jason K, hey, thanks for that opening song. Lon, well, what do you got?
1: Oh, find me on Twitter at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to keep up with everything I'm doing. I found out this week I mentioned this show and like half the people on my Twitter were like, I didn't know you had a podcast. Why don't you ever talk about it? I feel like I talk about it all the time. So if you enjoy the show, let people know. People don't know. They don't, they're they not paying attention. They're not listening to us. So we, would, we really could use your help. If you are enjoying Binge Boys, tweet about it. Share it on Facebook. Make
0: a dance and talk about it on TikTok. Whatever you want to do. Walk through the streets with a megaphone. There you and let them know Binge Boys sent you. Uh, thanks, Lon. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hal Rudnick. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye now. Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge Boys! Binge Boys! BITCH BOYS, BITCH BOYS, HOW I NEED MY BITCH BOYS, BITCH BOYS, BITCH IN THE
1: FUCK OUT OF SHIT